Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I am your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me today is a rock star, Hal Bowman. He's been an educator for over 30 years in the classroom for 20 of them. He's an innovative visionary that's really coming to revolutionize campus and classroom culture. And before we get started today, I want to direct you to TreyGamers.com to make sure you subscribe to the Dash Podcast so you can keep up with our weekly episodes that feature educators who are providing solutions for school communities. And while you're there, there's two things I want you to check out. First, my new book, Every Decision Counts, Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. It's a social and emotional learning workbook for middle and high school students. You can buy a copy for yourself for refocus in your classroom, or just go ahead and buy a classroom set to do a book study. The other thing I want you to hear about and take a look at is getting unstuck. Four Steps to Your Best You. This is a new coaching program that I'm offering, a personalized communication plan to be your best self. And without further ado, let's get started with the rock star himself, Mr. Hal Bowman. Sir, how did you become a rock star? <laughs> well, I'm not sure I uh, even qualify for that title, man. I'll tell you, though, I, uh, I saw, I've been in education for a long time, just over three decades. And, uh, you know, I started this thing. I was a band director. And, and that, you know, I had some great experiences there and I really want to have uh, just a more, it's just to have more different kinds of kids in my classroom and make more of an impact, you know, not just the kids that want to be there. I want to experience some of those other kids. So I, I uh, went and taught biology and then I had some experience in English and, uh, and, and ELA classes. And then I was teaching mentoring programs and building leadership programs for kids and I just had this idea one day that, you know, after studying so many great educators and, you know, their work rubbing off on me and having just phenomenal mentors in my life, I wanted to uh, go on and uh, share with other teachers some of the things I was learning. And you know what it meant? Now, now that you have me thinking about it, what it was, I was teaching a class for some really, really challenging mm. personalities. Uh, the, these were kids that were coming from our, uh, our alternative school and they were given to me to reintegrate into the school to try to cut down on the recidivism rate of heading back to the alternative learning center. And we, I had a, um, a principal who would love, just loved the work I was doing. And she, one day she asked if I would uh, teach teachers how to do yeah. what I was doing with my kids. And, and then it just, this whole thing was born and, and you, man, you know, I, I know it's called teaching a rock star and the, that whole rock star vibe, but what, what I, um, I think what people learn when they show up for my, my conferences or, or if I'm at their school is that it's, um, it's not at all about me. It's really about them and the work that they do as they stand mm. before their kids mm. every day. Mm. That's pretty special. I mean, I feel like you have to really um, immerse yourself in the culture as a teacher before you can step out and be able to to help somebody teach like a rock star. You know what I'm saying? You, you've got to you do you that experience as a band director, biology, ELA, mentor, leadership. You've got to see all sides of education before you stepped out. Uh, how did you know you were ready to take that leap from being a classroom teacher uh, to being that rock star, I know you said you don't qualify, but I'm, I, I got to keep calling you to, to being rock star and, and really, um, you know, spreading your word and, and being the visionary that you become. Yeah, man, you know, I kind of shy away from the, all this, you know, there, we have such a interesting time right now with um you know because of social media and, and different educators that out there would kind of have like this edu guru mm. weird thing happening and 
and what and what I'm the first to admit, and you know, is when I'm in schools, whether it is in you know, as a metropolitan area with Chicago or Dallas or out in you know more rural areas in Kentucky or the Midwest, doesn't matter where I'm at, man. When I walk through a school, I am the first one to admit. I guarantee you, I can find a teacher in every school that teaches way more effectively mm-hmm. than me, man. There, you know, it's shocking just how good some of these educators are. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I never thought I was, it just kind of happened by yeah. chance. I had a principal ask me to come tell teachers what to do and how to, how I do my thing. And then I had another principal say, Hey man, aren't you the guy that talks to teachers? I was like, yeah, I'm that guy. I'll come talk to your teachers. And it just, it just was this natural yeah. thing that happened rather than me ever setting out to do mm. that kind of work. Mm. That, that makes, that makes sense. You know, I feel like, um similarly i did not plan on ever being an educator you know i studied psychology in school and i thought when i was going to graduate i was applying for a job at aldi and they were paying eighty thousand dollars out of school with a company car paying for the gas and everything but when they told me no i had to rethink my plans and um that's how i got into education myself and i fell in love with the entire process now in my schooling k-12 college I've never had a teacher with your kind of energy, I feel like. Just what you presumed and the way you present yourself, I can only imagine what you were like as a teacher. What was it like being taught by Mr. Bowman in the classroom? You know, you know, at first, for the few first years, it was a complete disaster is what it was like, you know, because I, I don't know what I'm doing. And you have to think about education. There's no you can go to school all you want and you can get as many degrees as you want and you can have the other theoretical research and professors in your life. But, man, you don't know. You just you have to get in mm-hmm. there to get in the trenches and do the thing to get good at it. You know, you can't. You can't do better until you know better. And then the only way you can know better is just getting experience and asking questions and finding other people. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, I don't, you know, it, for, and then to be in my class, it, you know, I'm sure looking in from the outside, some days might seem like what is going on in that mm-hmm. classroom, you know, because it, it was energetic and it was entertaining and, you know, there we we do we we might start off the day with the Cupid shuffle <laughs> before we sit down and learn. You know, there's a lot going on, man. And there was some therapy yeah. to it. You know, we we start out every day talking about good things yeah. in our life. You know, that's how we spend the first three minutes of every single day, no mm. exceptions. So looking in that skinny window on the door with the chicken wire in it, you know, if you look in that window, what it's going on, I'm sure it looked a little different. But uh, I'll tell you a, a cool experience I had years back, and it just came to my mind, is um, there's a kid, probably in her mid-30s now, that posted on social media and tagged me in it and tagged a bunch of other kids that were in the class. And it said, hey, do y'all remember Bowman's class? <laughs> and she wrote, it was a class where we thought we didn't do anything, but we ended up learning wow. everything. Wow. And that was kind of cool, man, because that's what it was like. They didn't uh, it maybe was a little bit disguised, mm-hmm. you know, and we were having fun and we were engaged and we did, it did feel like a family rather than yeah. a class. And maybe they thought at the time, man, we're just having fun. But now that they're 35, they're like, oh, my gosh, like that's where I that's where I became mm-hmm. who I am today. And that's you know, that's where I learned the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's special, you know, going through again, all my years in education. I mean, there's like. There's one teacher that stands out, and half the time I forget his name, Mr. Cooper. He taught a current events class, and he he was a guy 
who's almost a bully. If you if you were late to his class, he'd stand out the door and would literally push you so you couldn't get in. You would fight him to get in the class, but his class was so fun. Um, and we talked about current events. I learned about money and investing, and it was just, it was a good, grand, jolly old time. And um, I had some solid college professors, but uh, nobody that really facilitated. You know, it was all lecture-based and it was all teaching from the textbooks. You know, what was your approach when it came to um, getting your people, your learners excited to learn, you know, and you taught so many subjects. So clearly it's not, you know, being a master of the content, not saying that you're not a master of any of the content, but it's not about the mastery. It's about um, teaching from your heart or teaching who you are. Yeah, brother, I am so not the master of any of that stuff I was trying to teach, but what, what I was um, passionate about is, you know, it's just exactly what I talk to teachers about today. And again, man, it took me years to figure it out. And that is using the content of my classroom, whatever it is, whether it was in the band hall, in the biology classroom, in the, you know, in the English lecture hall, in my leadership, whatever it was, using the content of the classroom to make a profound difference in the lives of hmm. those kids. And, 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 you know, my, my, what my um, work with teachers right now is helping them uncover like what like what is that what's the what's the ultimate lesson you want your kid to have for the rest of their lives when this kid is at the 35th high school reunion talking about Why? you and they think you know what it was about that class you know who i am today because of that class you know you know, you know what we really learned you know what the lesson really was in there what do you want that to be because this is a generation of kids they have everything on the yeah. phone like they have google they have access to the state capitals mm. you can plug in any formula and the phone's going to give you the answer so the question is like, who do you want this kid to become and how do you use the curriculum of your classroom to make that mm. happen? That, I, I, that's a, a beautiful soundbite right there. Who do you want your kids to become? I mean, that's a, that's a personal question. You know, you maybe not for every class or the whole school year, but in my class, who am, who am I trying to build and being able to see yourself? And, and you, 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 you're, you are a visionary. You are an innovator. Um, you know, was that something that you feel like was always in you or did that come over time and experience? I know you started as a band director, but as you progressed, how did what you know and the way that you teach change? Man, it all changed. You know, when I was, I became a band director because I liked band. I liked <laughs> the class. I liked the activity. And then, you know, and then I became you know, a teacher and I started teaching on the cloud because I like to teach. And it's really when I fell in love with making a difference in the lives of kids. That's when every, you know, and that's one of the reasons I changed classes. It really didn't matter what mm -hmm. I was teaching. Like I almost didn't care. I did a little bit, but not much. I really don't care anything about biology. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I really don't care about covalent bonds. I, I, you know, but what I care about is, is working with these kids and uh, building that relationship so I can earn the right to have these extraordinarily high expectations mm -hmm. for them and then inspiring them to, to work hard. Not because I want them to be biologists. I don't care about that. I want them to, to find out who they are and uncover the potential that's inside of them and be the one person in their life reminding them about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and that's that's a good one too. I feel like, you know, I forgot who I was talking to. It might have been you, but they were talking about um, how, like, ask a teacher what they want or ask a, a, an administrator or a superintendent what they want for their kids, and they're going to talk about rigor and, and academics and high test scores and stuff. But when you turn around and start asking the kids about their what, what you what would you want for your grandkids, you talk more about relationships and, and more of the truth comes out in what you want 
for your students in the classroom. So, I mean, that that's a special way to approach teaching. And, you know, for me, SEL relationships, restorative practices are, are a must. And I think people who are willing to listen to folks that they know, people that they like, and people that they trust. What strategies do you feel like, um, or what strategies do you teach in some of your programs today? I know you have your your one day uh, programs and, and you have some speaking engagements. So how is it that you're inspiring teachers today to be that rock star, rock star in the classroom for their kids? You know, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of the professional development I go to, there's just these, you know, these five steps to this and 10 steps to that and this strategy for the other thing. And, and man, my is, is so unlike any of that, because here's, here's what I know, man, is um, in my world, what I have learned is you really can't tell mm -hmm. another teacher what to do and mm -hmm. how to do it. It just doesn't work because every teacher is set up in such a way where they're thinking, well, he doesn't have James sitting in his front row. If he had James in his front row, he would know that doesn't work because James wouldn't play with it, you know. And so I can't do that. And even if I could, even if I gave like here's here's how you engage a kid and give them a, you know a, a three step pro process, even if they did try it, it's probably not going to work on that day because that's a kid that like they're all different and the different things work on different days. And now if that didn't work, it discounts everything else I just mm. said. Or if it did work the first time, it's certainly going to work the second mm. time. So, you know, what for me, it comes down to just a few principles, and that is kind of what we talked about already is like, what do you want for your kid? What's the real lesson of the classroom? If you could have anything for that kid, what would it be? And that's an emotional process of digging mm -hmm. down deep into that question. It takes a while, man. And it's also fluid. You know, my, my answer, you know, six months ago might not be my answer today. Mm -hmm. And it changes as you get to know kids and what they need. And then you know, it's really is asking yourself why, like, why do you want that? Like, why, why you, why this class, why this community, why these kids, why this school and answering, because that's the fuel. If like, if that's why there's so much burnout in this job, man, like if you don't have that at the <clears throat> forefront of your mind, what you want your kids and why, and be able to articulate yeah. that clearly immediately, you know, that you're, you're just going to get burnout and it in no longer will it be a passion. It will be just a grind, just mm. another job that you have to show up for. It's too hard to, 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 to maintain that for years. But like, you, even though when, man, when, when you're talking about superintendents and administrators, the best ones I know, ask them what they want for their kids and why they have an immediate answer. It's deep, it's emotional, and it's identical to what they want, what they want for their grandchild. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wonder where that gets lost in teachers or why do you feel like um, why do you feel like that's so needed? It, it seems like it should be at the forefront or I feel like, you know, teaching isn't something that you get into to make money. Obviously, it's something that I feel like you most people get into because they love kids. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised if you don't. But, you know, where do you think that passion goes and, and why does it go away and, and need help from from folks like yourself to bring it back? I mean, I think there's a few reasons. And well, I mean, it's, it's a lot, but like the first few that come to mind is one, you know, just as you come into this career as a first year teacher, this is one of the only careers where your first second in the class, the moment the bell rings, you close the door on the first day, the same expectations are placed upon you as a first second teacher as a 30 year veteran. You're exposed, you're, you know, expected to, to deliver the content as effectively so the kids perform as yeah. effectively, you know, and 
and meanwhile you're 22 or 23 <laughs> and you don't know and these kids are you know they're and they're not at anything like you because you you got into the job because you were a good student you kind of like school you did okay mm -hmm. and now these kids have no interest to be in there not like it. and so that is mm -hmm. And it's so hard and you don't even know the copy code, let alone how to deliver content and manage a classroom. And so it's so overwhelming for a first year teacher. Now, in addition to that, man, it's um, the personality of educators at the, at the leadership level. They are so effective with what to do and how to do it. So once we get new state mandates, mm -hmm. we, we need to raise our scores. It's, it's a higher level that we need to reach they immediately go into here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. They, even some of them are good at the why, but there's one component they always forget. And that is who do we need to be to make that mm -hmm. happen as a school family, individually and as a family, who do we need wow. to be together collectively? If that's really going to happen. Wow. And I, and I think, you know, I'll tell you what, one, one guy that really has that in place, his name is Rob Carroll. He's a professor. He was a principal for years and it was controversial at first to hear him talk about it. But what he would say is in our school, the challenges are so great. We don't put kids first. And when people hear that, like what? And he would say, we put our family of school, the school family is first and collectively we can go on and teach kids and, and make the, make a difference in their life that will last forever because it's too hard if you're just yeah. in it by yourself doing your solo thing in your classroom yeah. it really takes a family connected family to make a difference in the life of a population mm -hmm. of kids that's that's pretty deep that's pretty deep i mean and and that reminds me of a um a quote from zig ziglar everybody should make a goal to earn a million dollars not for the reward that you get at the end but for who you have to be to make that happen. And I think that's that's the journey that we have to go through a life. It's not about the destination, it's about how you get there. And I think you talked about as well, um, the high expectations for your own classroom and the high expectations that we, that we have standards wise. How do you maintain the high expectation? And I'm not only talking academics, but just for, um, for grit, for grappling, for a growth mindset. How do you keep that mindset up keep the academic excellence up and then still be able to focus on building that family and community. You know, for me, man, it really is. Um, it's the family first. It's always in our classroom family first. And it's, you know, it's, it's a thing when we would get a new administrator, a new principal, I'd have to say, Hey, listen, at the beginning of the year, you, you're going to, you're going to worry about me. I know you are. Cause you're going to see classes meeting in the cafeteria rather than going into mm. the classroom. We're in the hallway. We're doing something out back of the school because we haven't earned the right yet to go into that place where our family's going to oh. come together. And they get concerned because it might be, you know, four or five days. And like, man, are you going to teach these kids anything? And like, well, don't worry. We're going to catch up and pass everybody, you know, but it's it takes I have to build the foundation yeah. first. And when you build that foundation of a group of kids that can come together for an hour every day and trust each other and love one another and accept one another. And uh, that is um, it, it's almost as I, I just don't have to worry about the raising yeah. expectations because it's I've earned the right mm -hmm. where I can do yeah. that. You build you it's the connection, the relationship, the bond you have first. And I mean, it's a it's a cliche. You know, they they don't care what you know till they know how much you care. You know, that that type of situation. I mean, I can't help but um, think about all of 
um, the restoration that's taking place in your classroom and some of the SEL skills that are being uh, developed. And, you know, we, we have our systems and our frameworks for those things. Did, did you consider, were, were you a restorative practitioner or an SEL person? Or are these things just, you know, family, you know, values, personality and, and being yourself? Did you use those practices or is it just kind of, hey, man, this is what we need to do? You know, man, it's so interesting. I was talking to Kevin Curtis about this. He is one of those restorative practice geniuses here in the nation. And, you know, we both kind of laughed about this. Like, man, we were doing this before yeah. it even had a name. Like, we didn't even know we were doing it and we were doing it. And, um, you know, it's kind of like that educational research stuff where, it can, you know, the, what we find out in educational, you know, the results of the research is they tell you the why things work that have always that we always knew mm. was working mm. you know it just mm. kind of we were doing it man it was just collecting stuff along the way from it might be a football coach i would be just mesmerized with because he was able to get his team to go out in 120 day, degrees and run into each other twice a day you know just seeing all this um these great um men and women that are mo motivators and influencers and bring families together whether it's in the classroom on the field in the band hall on the mat and you know it, it and i it, man, I just kind of pick and choose and stole like every great teacher mm -hmm. does and, and just, you know, uh, customized it to fit me and my personality. And I, like that, that's what I hope that teachers walk away from my conference right. with is, listen, man, I'm asking to be my, like, be you. Like that's the key is to be authentically you in every way and completely vulnerable in front of your kids. This happens to be what it looks like to be me, but those kids need you. They don't need a mm -hmm. me. It, it, it so wouldn't work. It's you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and you made a good point um, a moment ago with your question. What do you want from your kids? And you talked about having to dig deep to find the answer to that question. Self-reflection is hard for a lot of people. And when you reflect it, it often takes you back to your own childhood trauma, your own baggage or your bias and your blind spots. And that's oftentimes what teachers end up bringing in the classroom, you know, and, and not on purpose, but you yeah. bring it in there. Um, and people don't want to reflect because they know it's going to be painful. But asking those questions, you get to a place of vulnerability where you where you are able to um, share that. How, how do you get the teachers in your programs and in your work to feel comfortable taking it there to, to get into a place where because you have to you got to you got to understand yourself to be authentic um, or else you're going to be insecure about who you are. You know, man, I am. Um, there's a couple things. One is first of all, helping them understand that who you are as a person is the limiting factor in your mm. classroom. That's the ceiling. So when you can mm. expand as a person, that's when you can expand what you can hope for and teach your kids. And in addition to that is just modeling what you want to see from your kids. Here's a perfect example. It doesn't matter what I've ever taught every year, probably for the last 15 years of my teaching, I had show and mm. tell. It doesn't matter what grade sixth grade seniors in high school the older they get the more they love show and tell and you know we would take five minutes on the end of a friday and you know you pick something bring something with a story something that if you if something caught on fire your house your bedroom caught on fire you'd grab it and jump out the window like what would you grab you know that can't be replaced something with a story and to expect my kids to do that i would go first mm -hmm. and i would bring something with a story yeah. And then so they can see what that looks like. Also, 
every day we would start class with our good news and every kid would have about 30, you know, I'd give maybe 15, 10 to 20 seconds. And we go around the circle real quick before we start class, something good that's happened the last since, since we last saw each other since 23 hours ago, what's something that's happened Mm. in your class in your life that was really good. And so we do that. And other days we say, Hey, what's really, you know, one, one thing we've done at kids loved is, you know, after we kind of get to know each other, we love each other. We say, tell me something that's challenging in your Mm. life. And then we would go around the circle and they would just do 10 seconds of a challenge or having, and then we would vote on whose challenge we're going to fix. And then what we do, we get the, that roll of butcher paper every classroom has, and we roll it out. I give kids markers and we, we all get on the floor on either side of the butcher paper. And I say, okay, give that kid three solutions for his Mm. problem. And we roll it up after we're done. I, and I put some, you know, rubber band around the tube. I said, there you go, man. You got 90 solutions. Go fix your life. Wow. <laughs> now you mentioned uh borrowing and stealing. I'm gonna put that one in my pocket as we speak. Yeah, then I would say, man, you got 90 solutions. You you, you brother, you better report back tomorrow with what you with with, with a step that yeah. you took, or we're gonna be disappointed. That is so man. good. That is so good. I mean, from on both ends, I took that approach as well. There was a um an educator I talked to, Lloyd Knight. He's a, a turnaround principal and at several different schools. And he talked to me about a behavior priming plan that he used at the beginning of the year. And it included a, a show and tell, a teacher show and tell. And I did that this year. And it was really cool because it, it, it takes you from being a, a teacher to being a person first. Um, and so I think that's that's awesome. And I'm, I'm absolutely stealing that from you. Did you ever consider um, being an administrator or in like a school leadership position? Yeah, I did. I did all the classes. I did all that necessary stuff. And I went to the interview and we got about 10 minutes in and I said, you know what, man, I just don't think this is for me. I think we're wasting our time. And I thanked him and I just, you know, I just, man, I'm just not that. Um, I just don't think I'm that guy. I think I could play a role on a leadership yeah. team. But as far as the guy with all the keys and the scheduling and books inventory, man, I'm not. And getting the kid on the right bus, you probably shouldn't entrust to that yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lose one along the way. That's fair. That's part of that self-awareness that we've been talking about. It sounded like a good idea at the time. But once they started asking me about, you know, logistical questions of running the operations of a school. I thought, man, I don't think I'm the right guy for your, for, for lunch yeah. duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so then since you, I'm, I'm imagining that after you realized that wasn't for you, you began um, your speaking career and your entrepreneurial career. What's keeping you, what's kept you driven and what's keeping you going after 10 years in uh, your business and 30 years as an educator. Dude, I just love it. You know what I mean? I think, um, like, I think that's what it's come down to. It, well, a few things like, like I'm truly passionate about it. And um, I mean, like, a, this is a perfect example of here we are in a quarantine and there's no, there's no conferences, there's mm-hmm. no schools, there's no events, nothing's happened, but I'm, on a zoom call every day with a school or a class or a teacher or someone, you know, I just got a lady today went, Hey, I was at your workshop nine years Mm -hmm. ago in, in Virgin Newport, somewhere Virginia. Will you, I'm I'm a first grade teacher. I remember how much I loved it. We do a zoom call with my Mm -hmm. school. I was like, well, yeah, of course Mm -hmm. I will. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, um, I'm just into it, man. I just, you know, and I think the other thing is just, um, constantly in touch with why I yeah. do this. Always thinking for sure. It. Well, can you give us a um, 
give us an overview of um, what one of your engagements may look like, or I know you do some day-long events as well. What what might those look like and how can people reach out to you if they want to be a part of one? Yeah, you know, here's the funny thing is we, this is the time of the year where I get in all the calls for August. You know, that's a big time. You know, I'll be on the road every day in August doing something somewhere for a back-to-school type convocation or training or something. And what's interesting is every superintendent will call and they call about the keynote. They'll call about like a 45 minute, you know, rah, rah keynote. And they're oftentimes shocked. I'll go, well, that's one idea. How about I do a full day for the same mm. price? Cause I'm not interested in doing a keynote. And I tell them to say, listen, man, like I think that back to school rah, rah thing is fun and you should do that without me. <laughs> you know, you should get cheerleaders on the stage and you get the one seventh grade girl that can actually sing, do the national anthem and, you know, get the band to play the fight song, do all and teachers can do a skit, do that. But, you know, I can come for sure, but I can tell your teachers what to do and how to do it inside of five minutes. But to get them to actually do it, man, I got to take them on an emotional mm. journey of roller coaster of tears and laughter wow. and emotion. And so because the, because things are going to get hard, yeah. you know, I mean, it's all fun at the first back to school where high five and went pom poms. But when a kid gives you the finger on Wednesday, <laughs> you know, you better have something in the gas tank to fuel you through. And so for me, man, it's like I really want to to get them fueled to last the school year, not just to kick off that one yeah, day. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty impressive. You know, I think that's um it's your your passion and your care for what you do is off the charts. And I absolutely love um what you're doing. You're inspiring to be around, your energy is um, kinetic, you can feel it through the screen. And um, I, th I think it's just special what you're doing for educators. So um, where can the people go to find you on social media and your website and all that good stuff? Yeah, you already asked me that. I got I got lost in my little, I, I got fired <laughs> you know, up, man. I, got, <laughs> I forgot to part of that question. Good. Yeah, so that's they can, uh, yeah, they go to um, howbowman.com, H-A-L-B-O-W-M-A-N.com. And it's also at Hal Bowman on all the platforms and uh, whether it's uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, I'm not, I'm too old to figure that thing out, but I'm trying. And uh, yeah, and all those places, man. And uh, I'd be happy to chat with them about um, whatever they have going on with their schools. Right on, right on. I love it. Any final words you want to leave with the people? You know, man, um, yeah, it's, one, one thing has been on my mind lately is realizing one thing I think we fall short of as as educational leaders, whether it's a, it's a campus leader or a classroom leader, and that is providing educators around us, providing those teachers in our school or those in our hallway or in our, in our PLN or team with the evidence that it's mm. working. You know, I think if we did a better job at that, because if you think about it, I've been thinking about teachers getting tired and frustrated and, and burned out. It is impossible to do that. It's really impossible to get frustrated and burned out if there's proof mm. that it's working. Like, like when you see a kid really get it and you can see their life changing and they have that aha moment academically and personally and emotionally athletically in every way in any way like the, like you're there's there's fuel that runs through you like man i love mm. this job and at that point the paperwork doesn't matter the lesson planning doesn't matter you're so yeah. into it those moments are happening every day i think we just fall short of recognizing it 
and stopping to celebrate yeah. that moment. Yeah, that's special. That's special. Those are great final words, man. And if you're listening to this right now, if you like it, share it with somebody that needs to hear it. Take it to your friends, take it to your school, to your administrators and everywhere in between, because this this guy right here is is special and um, he's humble as well. Uh, knowing that that there's always a teacher in another school that's doing better, doing more work, but we've got to dig deep within ourselves to find out what our kids need and why we need to give it to them. So, how man, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, I appreciate yes, sir. you. And thank you for listening to the Dash Podcast. This was a great episode, and I can't wait to see you again next week on the Dash Podcast. Every week we feature educators who facilitate solutions for school communities. So we will see you next time. This is the Dash. Thank you, sir. That was good. That was great. <laughs>